Hello world. Hello my friend. Today's another OOO episode out of office and virtual cuddles session. And I just wanted to tell you that I am in awe of the world. I feel a really deep sense of gratitude. I'm recovering from my knee operation. It's now been eight days. Recovery's going relatively well. Um, Swelling's gone down massively. I can really see a lack of muscle. It's, It's deteriorating in my quads, going away. My hamstrings are really fucking weak. And I'm not allowed to wait there for four weeks from the operation date just last Tuesday which is okay I feel like I'm going to treat this six to nine month recovery period as a nine month recovery period because it's going to give me the best chances of returning back to sports and also it's the length of a pregnancy which I've experienced twice and what that will mean is that I will treated as a bit of a rebirth I will be at the end of the nine months I'll be reborn I'll be a new person and like every seven years every cell of every cell in the body will be pretty much renewed so everyone is an entirely new person once every seven years Are you the same person as you used to be? Or are you a new person? There is obviously a sense of continuing because you have your memories. But essentially, you can flip shit around like a crazy motherfucker anytime. I am in the Isle of Skye with my children. The back of Scotland took five and a half hours, over five and a half hours on the train from Newcastle to Inverness and then another two and a half, three hour car journey to get here to visit our friends. Their girl, my friend's daughter, was my first daughter's first friend and what makes it so magical is just having a nap and thinking that the way we became friends was that we were having Newcastle's best pie on the quayside eight years ago now. And I was out with my friend slash ex-colleague slash client and, yeah, saw this lovely little family. The guy, the girl the adults and they were with their young child and their husky puppy Mally and we just exchanged a few words and stuff and when we left they turned around the corner going the opposite direction to us and very soon after I said to my friend damn I regret not having not asking for their phone number because we have such I think that well their their daughter is three months younger than my daughter and my daughter had no friends because I had no friends who had children in England and so I just thought fuck it would have been lovely to just become friends and for my first daughter to have a friend perhaps and then soon after bumped into them on the quayside again. Well, actually, just the, the dad and the daughter and the dog. And then I was like, oh, my God, what a... If I believed in fate, that's what that's what it felt like. It's like, I really wanted to ask for your phone number. And then, yeah, ended up just spending the day, the day together, really, on the quayside. And um, then we became friends. So <laughs> if I hadn't had the balls to ask their phone number on the second time that we met 
we wouldn't be here in the outer sky. And what a fucking beautiful gift this is. Here we are spending fabulous time. Yesterday and the day before was quite cold, sort of 15, 16, max 17 degrees. And now today is like 24, fully clear sky. It's, it's my younger daughter's and the dad's birthday because they were born on the same day. They've received uh, a pizza oven, an uni, uh, today. We're not going to make pizza apparently because, uh, I don't know why, because they don't have the dough ready. But some friends have come around, I'm going to go down to to introduce myself and, you know, spend time. And we're just going to have a lot of time together. I think we're having some curry later on. I'm going to enjoy the sun, get some vitamin D and just chill and recover. Not there anymore. No, My little daughter's come in. She's hurt her, um, the back of her head. And and I saw Lolly out. So I'm going to, we're going to go outside now, yeah? I'm going to go outside and I'll get back to this. So welcome back to my bed. Um, where was I at? I don't remember. I remember how I finished the previous recording because my beautiful Ellie came into the room and I went. But I don't particularly rem- remember what I was talking about and the way I like to flow with things is I don't, I'm not going to listen back to it. I just don't. I just, I just won't. I don't want to. Here I am back at home. Whipper! Gurkigab, two days of determination with, I'm going to stay in bed for as long as I can. It feels so good because there is literally nothing more important and better, hmm, questionable, in life than to stay in bed for as long as possible. No, sorry, getting enough sleep. Is, is the culprit of existence. So uh, the kids have been at their dad's for a couple of nights after we came back from um, the Isle of Skye from our little holiday. And I just, I've been prioritising sleep. And just what a difference it makes, really. If I get out of bed, I just feel quite content. Oh, sorry, here we are. What a lovely thing to listen to, isn't it? Here's Erica yawning in my fucking ears. Apologies for that. The holiday was unbelievable. I still, about a week later, feel a ridiculous gratitude towards our friends who... Without, I, I literally, I, I don't know how they do it. They have this, they have this way of existing where at no point did I feel like I was in the way, being a little cripple in that. Um, there was just unbelievably delicious food in front of me every day. The kids were fed. The kids were just, it was like the dream. We talked about as well how, it's it's such a an amazing thought experiment to just think to live somewhere rural in a community and where sort of the kids are playing amongst um, amongst each other and the kids are just being entertained by childhood and just every now and again someone comes in and just wants a cuddle because somebody said something that's not fair or somebody's bumped their knee or whatever it's so it's so beautiful and I can't believe that in the moment it was actually a little bit difficult to to truly appreciate the beauty of that situation because it was only after we got back home when I realized fuck I got to completely prioritize my knee healing and chilling out to the max we went to the park but of like they have a big car where we can fit all of us in and I was just being sort of driven around and and just recovering it was it was in, incredible 
and then we spent evenings sort of just chatting and my fucking lord then I got home I was very harshly reminded that my leg doesn't work I'm not allowed to put weight on it and like just before I started recording this all I wanted was a cup of tea but like I said I didn't really want to get out of bed yet and this felt like the perfect opportunity to to record maybe the last bit of this episode because I'm just feeling really feeling like it I just wanted to get a cup of tea which is downstairs obviously the kettle is and because I'm on crutches and on one leg I can't carry a cup of tea anywhere so I'm in this really just get me down every day multiple times that I've set up a tiny Ikea table situation in the kitchen with children's chairs so that I can have everything next to me because I can't carry anything anywhere and again this is such a wonderful opportunity to remember to be forever grateful of having functioning limbs when that is the case again and I'm literally sadly because I at one point I would, to begin with I was sitting on a bar stool in the kitchen so that I could elevate my leg for recovery and for you know easing the pain and stuff I still can't really stand up for for a long time because my my glutes get into a cramp the one that's active um my poorly legs hip flexor is getting so tight it's really really uncomfortable and crampy um my muscles are wasting away in my right leg like my quad is becoming non-existent it's now two and a bit weeks since the operation and today I'm so excited I'm going to have my first physio appointment I can't wait but yeah I moved from sitting on a bar stool to sitting on the floor and I'm just sitting in the kitchen on the kitchen floor thinking what the fuck has my life become when I'm by myself I'm blessed when the kids are around I'm just tasking them they love making me cups of tea and they are just I'm really enjoying this situation when they're still not bothered and they really wanted to help me out. But bless them. I'm just asking them to make me cups of tea all the time. So I can sit on the sofa and drink them. So I don't need to sit on the kitchen floor. And cry into my cup of tea. So I'm just sitting there. Now I've got this pathetic little table situation. Where I just sit and eat. So that the fridge is next to me. So that the bin's next to me. So that the kettle is next to me. But it's just depressing. It's so depressing. And I'm eating shit food I've been really lucky enough to uh, I've been out for a meal two nights in a row now which is I think the first time I've eaten that since the operation as well um that's been really really nice to just have somebody cook lovely food for me and just enjoy the eating experience because basically my knees getting into a kind of like I said I just get cramps and it's I can't stay up upright for too long right now so I normally love cooking and I'm really feeling like there is a part of me missing not cooking nice meals. I'm literally doing the bare minimum. I even, I, I just, I still feel sad. Yesterday I finished off what I made for the kids to begin with in my pressure cooker, which is an amazing tool for cooking good food uh, in sort of in no time and with as little effort as possible. I just chucked in a bag of new potatoes with some chicken thighs and just chucked a bit of salt in thought I'll season it afterwards and just had that with mixed vegetables from the freezer that I just put in a bowl actually no my my daughter did bless her and then filled it with boiling water just to defrost them and that's what I was having yesterday with a bit of gravy and it's like do you know don't get me wrong it's a fairly healthy meal but I love flavour and it just doesn't really taste like anything. And so I've, oh my God, I've been literally using uh, an online shopping service to deliver me some pre-made sandwiches, which I would normally only have if I'm on the road or, you know, just, oh, it's, it's not my vibe. I love, and yesterday 
oh, it was, it was, it was so good, it was so good, we went out, me and my friend, went out for food, and the food was just so delicious, oh my god, that was just, my, my friend's a slow eater as well, and the pace of eating was ridiculous, I, god, I think we were there about three and a half hours, that's me, maybe, maybe three hours, because I'm just eating really slowly, if I can actually taste good food, and 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 enjoy its its texture and everything and it's we we're talking about this actually it's funny how some people just don't get satisfaction out of food and i think that's kind of enviable it would be so much easier just to you know in a way i used to have this kind of fitness food lifestyle where i just ate chicken breast and you know just really healthy stuff and really plain stuff and in a way, that would be such a lovely way to live, to just purely focus on the nutritional side of it, making sure to maximise the feel-good effect of food. But also I said, I used to uh, I used to say that I'd never date anyone who doesn't appreciate food anymore. Like, it's just boring, not, not fun, because I love food so much. But now I said, actually, I've changed my mind because... As long as the other person can appreciate me appreciating food, that's all I ask for, really. Because um, food is just, it holds such a dear place in my heart that I can't even, I don't know, I get, I get goosebumps when somebody talks nicely about food. <laughs> and right now, I can't even, see, I love, I cook like I cook for an army. And I I. Again, I can't get my head around just cooking one meal for myself. It's just sad. I want to make more. I want to make for more people. And I want to have leftovers. If it's really nice, I don't want to go through the effort of making it again. I just want to have more. Oh, food. I wonder if I'm hungry. I think I might be. <laughs> I suppose I've been up for about an hour and a half. And I'm just still in bed. That was... um actually kind of for the first time in my life for some reason I'm I'm in a situation where I I might just have I used to feel such guilt if I didn't respond to somebody's message if I say I couldn't post a story on Instagram unless I'd emptied my inbox first because I thought that would be rude uh, if I haven't prioritized the individual sending me a message and then yeah really weird whereas now I just like last night I had not loads, but too many, say, messages from maybe six people uh, on my WhatsApp and then a few on Instagram. And I was like, I, I don't have time to start prioritising who's more important than another person. So instead of responding to any of those, I just I just put That was pretty, probably the first time I posted uh, an Insta story before making sure that my inbox was cleared or at least I'd read everything. I was kind of a liberating moment thinking that at the background of that there's like a fear of um somebody being upset with you and you having to explain kind of well you've got time to post stories and you don't have time to respond to me I'm like well yeah but it's probably not urgent if it's urgent uh, ring me give me a call and it's so funny the things that play up on your mind because I just had to accept that, you know what, this is my life, this is my time, and I get to do with it whatever I want, and there were just too many messages, and I was too tired, it was too late, um, for me to just start, like, for me to just think about everyone and everything at the same time, which is kind of, you know, I feel familiar with, um, it's like, you have to think about everything all the time. But maybe you don't. Maybe it's okay to sometimes just make sure emergencies are responded to. You know, for me, an emergency was basically if I've got if I've got uh, messages from clients, I do very much uh, prioritize them. And I hope that my friends know that if they need me, they need to, they can call me. Actually, this reminds me of was it. I think, oh, I might get this wrong. This It's been circulating on the internet where someone famous said that um, 
if if you've got a problem with me, or if you think you've got a problem with me, I might be this absolutely paraphrasing. I might get this quite wrong, but the sentience, sense, the, the, the what's the word? The vibe will be right. Okay, so if you think, if if somebody's got if you've got a problem with me, call me or text me. If you don't have my number, then you're kind of not entitled to have a problem with. <laughs> I think that was. I don't wonder if I got that right at all. But it's kind of true. It's my friends who struggle with hate online or whatever. It's like, are these the people you need to give the time and day? You know, and it's it's so funny when people. I've got a problem with you when they don't properly know you and especially when they don't come to you with that problem or if they come to you and it's like, um, oh, my friend just got a hateful comment via um, an anonymous message saying, have you sought help uh, for your sense of self-importance and your like massive ego or something like that? And I'm just thinking, this person is following my friend's page or if not following, they are searching for that page and they're going through the effort of sending her a message to try and like give her a bit of shit. And obviously they don't know her because like she's a very down-to-earth person and I just, that was so funny. That was so funny. It, it just, it puzzles me. I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand how these people don't get that they are prioritizing their time to send um to try and get to somebody they don't know because deep within themselves they are so unhappy and feeling like shit that they're trying like they're trying to bring somebody else down with their feelings which is ridiculous because this is the shit I had to deal with when I was a teenager. And that's the right time to deal with it. And that is the time to go through a bit of shit and learn your way of coping with the world. And it's, yeah, it's, I think a bit of bullying like can make you grow up. But I suppose you have to have a supportive network or, you know, a loving parent or someone to sort of support you through that. Uh, I didn't say I didn't talk to my mom about uh, when I was bullied. I I don't know why I kind of feel I I really hope that I can raise my kids in a way that they would feel safe to talk to me, and it's it's quite a, you know a difficult thing to navigate. Maybe just to how am I going to ensure that, especially when they enter there. Obviously, the work has to be done. I believe before they are teenagers and stuff, but. It'd be amazing to be able to talk to the person who brings you up about everything. You know, with all I just want I want my children to be able to ask any questions they have. I love questions. I love any questions. I love difficult questions. I love I, I love just a, an inquisitive nature and curiosity and everything. And it's just there, uh, you know, when you don't give the people who try and bring you down what they want which is attention or a reaction that's all it is really and when my bully was trying to give me shit and at first I didn't know how to really react and I I feel like probably kind of didn't which made them feel like they had the power over me because I didn't know what to say and I went home and this is just a vibe. I don't remember the the day in itself or exactly what I did, but I would strongly believe that I sat on it, how it made me feel and how, like, what are the different ways that I could respond? And then I was trying to imagine the outcome. And this is a lot of my sort of thought process. If I have any um, internal dialogue, it comes from, uh, like pre-imagining situations and what the results of different responses could be so I went through scenarios in my head and I just thought that if my bully if my bully (coughs) pardon me 
gives me shit about the same clothes that I was wearing again in the future in the same way because they hardly you know if if it's worked once it's probably gonna work again and when she did the same thing to me and basically just just said that I looked like a whore when I was like 10 or 11 or something when I like I totally didn't (laughs) you know (laughs) it was obvious I totally didn't um and I looked like a whore apparently because I was wearing a shiny uh black I never remember what it's called like a buffer jacket do you know what I mean like a like a lumpy cool uh spacey coat jacket coat I always get confused with those two as well coat no jacket um it was a jacket so that's she, it was kind of you know it stood out a little bit and but I really liked it and then when she gave me shit again just basically was just trying to with her words make me not wear it again and I just responded to her saying I like what I'm wearing I'm gonna keep wearing it uh, and that was enough for her just she I, I remember that look on her face when she looked at me and went uh, and she didn't know what to say. That was that was such a powerful moment for me, because her words are not gonna. Because I felt I think for a while actually I probably didn't wear that jacket because it made me feel really self conscious, and it made me feel like oh well, somebody doesn't like it, so I best not wear it. And then I sat on it and thought, you know what, I really I chose this jacket because I liked the way it looked. And it was warm and functionable, functioning, I don't know, you're serving its purpose. And I liked wearing it. So I continued to wear it. I wish I still had it. I'd love to put it on. Probably still about the same size as I was back then. <laughs> Maybe not in the fifth year. No, yeah, I suppose I would have. But anyway, let's not get into that. Um, I think it's really, I don't know, actually. I, I don't think I've had this conversation with anyone. I wonder if people go through scenarios in their head in the same way as I do. Um, Because I have a pretty quiet mind and I don't really uh, consciously think about too too many things. I I just float around. Again, there was a meme somewhere on the internet that just said, what, some people don't have internal uh, dialogue or monologue and they just walk around like... Everything's just quiet and it's like, oh, things are finally making sense now. I don't really know what they meant with it because I'm so fucking autistic. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's really interesting to realise how little I understand about other people's minds. And I go with this vibe. I just float around with this vibe. Um, and I do feel like I know the human mind pretty well uh, to an extent, you know, comparing to many other adults. And obviously, with you know, with my background and stuff, but um, I, I, it, still, it's a simple thing. Like, I don't know, would you go through A, B, and C? And I think most of the time, if there is chatter on my mind, it's so fast that I can't. It's more a feeling than a conversation. But these conversations that I imagine, they are slow. And I think about every single word and the connotation of that word. And actually, when I get into trouble with, um, not a lot, but situations that have made me feel uncomfortable have been a lot to do with me not having English as my first language, I think. And basically... I think it, it does have, it must have something to do with me being Finnish or my, my Finnishness. Because the language is a lot more blunt and I just, I don't, I, I just don't bother with the small talk and the kind of, I don't see the point and I have reevaluated, reassessed the situation in my brain a lot of times. So I just feel like, at some point, I felt like I need to learn more small talk and I need to be more like other people. I need to um, just make other feel other people feel comfortable as in just by chit-chatting. And 
it just feels really uncomfortable to me and it doesn't come naturally and I feel like it actually takes away so much more than it gives to anyone so I just tend to not bother and if I've got I I also really like the thought of if you've got nothing to say then it's better to say nothing at all and so then then there's these kinds of brain brainstormy things like now I haven't premeditated what I'm going to say I don't have a plan I don't have a checklist I don't have notes for this I have nothing which is why I feel like this is such a vibe because I get to say whatever pops to my head and and I think I started this podcast with the kind of intention of of having that structure and I might as well I might go back to it I'm just now focusing on getting my 21 episodes out and then seeing where the future takes me. But I kind of, the thoughts that do pop up in my head in these rumination moments, ruminatory ruminatory moments, they are things that, um, you know, people have asked me or I've asked people. And so I'm just going to, for now, let this be a flowing conversation with myself. And obviously through other people, other people I've spoken to, those are the discussions, the conversations that are in my brain. So they are being vomited out into words via this method of holding my phone on my face and sitting on my bed under a nice fluffy duvet cover in the summer month of August because it's warm enough and I just blab away mm. I have no idea what I was talking about what was that? I need to go back in time I'm not, I'll not bother what's been going on yeah I need to I, 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 have a, I have an assistant which is really amazing actually having worked uh, as a sole trader for so many years and now I finally have someone else. Someone else. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find a fine line between it being. I don't want it to bring me any more stress. I want it to purely just help me, and I'm trying to get my brain organized to create a little bit more support, networking stuff for online clients and on just online, just just people who I don't see face to face necessarily, or at least a lot. I want to uh, just, yeah, create something to help more people out. And I do have this dreamy thing, which is actually to do with the community lifestyle that I was talking about before, which would be a dream. And I haven't fully formatted the thoughts in my brain yet, but I did have a brain dump onto a notes app the other night. I just thought, oh, fuck, things clicked. I was like, all I want, if I can have from life a way to help people, and feel like we're all a part of community. We are all humans. We are all here on this planet Earth trying to find meaning for our existence, which I've come to the conclusion that the the whole point, the whole meaning of everything is the journey. There is no... I, I've probably always kind of struggled with, with goals to an extent, and what gets you to the biggest, greatest things I feel right now is actually just making sure that the journey is enjoyable and the journey is uh, with good intentions. And oh my God, right now I am, I am watching Vikings. Is it called, I don't know, is it called Vikings or the Vikings? Let's just call it Vikings. It's an Amazon Prime, no, Amazon Video. And it's got a couple of Finnish actors in it, at least, uh, at least a couple. And I don't know if I've told you this story before, but uh, I, <laughs> in lockdown, it was my bubble bath companion. I started watching Vikings. I don't know why, because it's not normally my vibe at all. And a few episodes in, I was just thinking, I, may, I, I don't know, one, two, three, four episodes in. The word or should be in the middle there. I was just thinking, why the fuck is this making no sense? Why, why is it so complicated? Blah, blah, blah. And then I realised that I was actually watching the penultimate season uh, instead of watching it from season one. But that by then, I tried to start watching it from the beginning and I said, oh, it's too slow, too boring. I don't know who these people are. And so I just basically went back to season five and 
I watched all of that. I watched all season six and I was the the final part of that final season hadn't been released yet and I was dying to watch the rest of it and it's just an incredible TV show. I I love it. I love it so much and it's definitely one of my favourite endings to any any TV show. Another one is Sons of Anarchy. I loved the ending to that. Uh, again, these are these are shows that I kind of feel like I shouldn't like. They don't they don't talk to me in terms of oh I would like this. What's it called? Last King the Last Kingdom or something on Netflix. It's not normally my vibe. I don't think I want to watch that. Um, <clears throat> but I'm totally hooked, and in a, in the best possible way. And I just I love this feeling of having something to look forward to and really waiting to watch something. Oh my god! I will hopefully have yes. I should have enough time now. Uh, to I'll have a shower and then I will watch put put a bit of Vikings on as I have like something to eat again having something to eat on the sofa or somewhere comfortable would be too much hard work so I'll be sitting in the fucking kitchen crying into my morning cereal I don't need cereal um what do I eat um I oh I'm going for lunch though oh okay I'll maybe just have a piece of piece of fruit and then go for lunch in less than two hours time. Yes, yeah, so I don't need anything big to eat now. And I love I love being in this fasted state uh, because of the research that I've read. And it's like, um, just makes you feel really good with what the body's doing during a fasted state. So good for you, so healthy. And I'm not desperate to eat. I just want to have a cup of tea, to be honest. And you, if you don't often do fasting, uh, as in... Nothing too dramatic, but literally just postpone a bit of breakfast is amazing. Such a good feeling. I just feel lighter. Although I was just thinking, oh my God, I've been... No, okay, bear in mind, I'm not... I know for a fact I'm not in bad shape. And this is just my mind. I've been feeling really fat recently. And I know this is... I know I'm fully aware this is in my brain, but you can't help it. You know, it's hormones, it's it's all sorts. I'm like, oh, why am I so fucking heavy? Obviously, I'm not, I'm hardly moving around. I'm going from like 10 plus K steps every day. On average, like on, on holiday, I was doing 25,000 steps thereabouts every day. Not on this previous, uh, not on this Isle of Sky holiday, the one before when I went to Ibiza. Um, and I just, I love being up on my feet all the time and now I'm at like max 6k steps this is the absolute maximum I've, I've had two three four thousand step days which is crazy to think because I still I'm moving around very little uh for me for my lifestyle I am inactive as fuck I'm hardly doing anything and I'm just thinking some people have got healthy limbs and they do fuck all when somebody fit and healthy tells me that they do average like 6,000 steps a day. Oh my Lord. Like, I, I can feel it in my body that this is not good for you. This is actually, I'm really grateful for my body telling me exactly what I need and want. Well, what I need at the moment and therefore it becomes what I want in the moment. I'm not guilt tripping myself with uh, not being able to move around because I can't help it. I have to let my knee recover from the knee reconstruction operation. And so I'm just being kind to myself, not moving around much at all. Um, I'm taking the time to give my body the rest it needs to heal. And it just, it's its unbelievable because I was adamant, even on the operation day, I, was, I even said to the physio at the hospital that I will most likely be moving at least doing a walk around like walk on the on the crutches around the block at least once a day just so I get a bit of fresh air and a bit of you know daylight and and well I don't want to call it exercise but just movement so important and I, I was certain that I will absolutely get out of the house every day and guess what because it says in the instructions and stuff that you should avoid moving around too much for the first five days so you should sort of like you're probably not going to leave the house type of thing I thought that's not going to be a possibility and there I was finding myself not even thinking about needing or wanting to leave the house the body when you are in tune with it uh, in tune with it is just such it's the most incredible tool you have in life 
So start prioritizing your sleep. And then start listening to your body. Oh my God, yes, my friend in oh the other sky. She had this most amazing yoga mat. And I was thinking, this is what I'm missing in life. And I actually got really inspired by her yoga practice and the way she told me that she's learning. Because the Ashtanga yoga I've done the, uh, in the past, the teachers that I've had, I'm sorry to say, but they haven't been very good. Um, And... When she taught, I was like, oh my God, this makes perfect sense. I hadn't actually known that yoga practice is not supposed to be in a group setting, really, where you're just following somebody, giving you uh, an example. You have to learn the routine and do them at your own pace and move with your breath, not with somebody else's breath. It doesn't fucking work. So I bought the same yoga mat that, that my friend had because I was like, this this yoga mat just feels right. And I hate getting the poor quality stuff that just feels like shit and doesn't help with anything. And this is a really deep sort of life lesson that I wish more people took on board is that sometimes you have to spend a bit of money on something that makes a difference in a positive way in your life. Because this yoga mat, it wasn't cheap, but it should last me my whole lifetime. And it's really going to help with the I don't even again. I don't even want to call it yoga. I'm just want. I'm just going to move on the mat. I'm going to do bits and bobs, and yeah, just just the gratitude I have towards how much I've learned through this recovery process. I feel like I found something in breath work, in movement, that uh, on a thought level for now I will go into it um, soon. I might actually go downstairs and have a cup of tea and then go on the yoga mat uh, just I have no plan I'm you know I'll maybe just lie down on it uh, maybe do a couple of one leg push-ups um, just get a bit of movement and I've got the gymnastics rack downstairs downstairs which is great so I can hang from it a little bit and you know just simple things like I've not be I wasn't able to do the laundry for days because well I didn't want to task the kids to do it I did at some point actually but I can't, my, my, my washing machine's in the basement and I can't carry a bag full of laundry down the steps on one leg and two crutches. It, it just, it's so impossible. Oh my God, upon return from our holidays to, oh, it's so good, to Newcastle. It was four separate trains. Our journey took nearly 12 hours. Um, God, my belly's rumbling. Um, it was, it was... I had set my mind on it, so it was absolutely fine. I don't know, it kind of sounds nightmarish, but it wasn't too bad. With two kids, with my, I got an assistance service, which is amazing. So people, the railway people were helping me um, in and out of the trains, carrying up bags, um, and it was just really, really lovely. We got to sit on these uh, disabled spots on the trains, which just meant that we had loads of space Oh, it was amazing. The kids were like lying on the floor, which is a bit disgusting because those floors aren't going to be clean. But also great for their immunity, you know. You need to eat a bit of shit as a child to have a sturdy immune system. There was there were just things that the kids were hanging around, like literally doing a bit of, again, movement. There's there were these poles that they were doing stuff on, like little kids yoga. <laughs> um, It was so good. And my, I was, it was a nightmare to get out of the train at the end. My little Indy started crying because she was so tired, bless her. It was, it was about, I don't know, half nine in the evening or something. And normally their bedtime's about seven. So, and they refused to sleep on the trains, which just meant that it's, it's, it was difficult. It wasn't easy. Um, I was like, baby, we need to get some food because there was no fucking food or drink services on the trains. What, What is going on? They need to serve some food and drinks. They'd stopped on the final train that was from uh, Edinburgh to Newcastle. They'd stopped at 7pm and our train was 7.03. Oh, it was horrendous. So we ran out of food, ran out of drinks, really. They filled up our, our sort of, so we had water. That was good. But we were all starving and then just popped by the shop on the way to the taxi. Um... And again, I had a backpack and a bag and then a shopping bag 
and the kids were tired as fuck. They had their backpacks and I they I made them carry the extra bag that I was like, I can't carry it. How am I supposed to get all the shopping home? It was horrendous. And then, uh, yeah, a bit of stuff with the with getting the, the taxi and stuff. But there was actually a male character around my age, a bit older, who offered to help us with the bags. It was a Saturday night. I don't know if you, if you don't know Newcastle, it's a fucking mayhem. Like people are so many people out, probably anywhere in a big city to be honest. But it's a party city, and people are hammered, and it's just disgusting. But just like this group of guys, was three or four of them, and this guy literally just came from behind and said, "Excuse me, can I just help you out with your bags?" And you know how I've been whinging on about adult males not offering the help to struggling women get a fucking grip so here was my savior and by the way i refused to help because i i the taxi had just pulled over and i i had already asked for the taxi driver to come and help us out with the bags but that's not the point the point is i felt so fucking grateful that there was a man who wasn't too scared to come and offer a helping hand you know even if it was in the middle of the evening and they were a bit drunk and stuff. And I was with my, you know, you could probably tell that I was on, on crutches, two kids next to me and it was just lovely. So if you are a man, please, in a very, not, not you know, just to be kind, offer your help to anyone who might need it in a non-dodgy situation, please, please. We need for men to remain men. And I say this with the purest of intentions. Men and women are different. And men are supposed to look after the more vulnerable. Men are supposed to offer their strength. Because on average they are the stronger sex. They should. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. And yeah, so watching Vikings and this is really feeding my my love for this is the thing, it's full of strong women and it's full of strong men and it is such a deep program. Like I love all the philosophy that's uh, that's sort of underlying in, in the things that they do and the, th- the things that they say. There's this Sia character who just it's like a god figure that they can speak to really and Oh, so good. So good. So slow. And actually, after the operation, I found the strength to start watching Vikings at one time speed, which hasn't happened for a long time. I normally I have to I watch everything, listen to things at 1.5 speed. Unless it's an audio book, then it's a two time speed. And finally... I'm not even struggling because I've I've seriously just not been able to. And now I'm not even struggling. I am just watching it at one time speed and I'm able to enjoy it instead of just being frustrated that it's not faster. I'm really learning a lot about myself and I'm feeling so much happiness. And then when, when someone, someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm like, well, not, not far from losing my will to live, to be honest. But it's just... I, I have found that I I maybe I, I do have this skill of even in the most horrific situations I I don't know if you call it um, optimism or what but I I just see the beauty in the struggle and I am savoring this struggle as much as I can so that then in the future I can savor being able to use both of my legs again and just go on my day without everything taking four times longer than it normally does oh and today oh my god so beautiful my friends I've got two two friends who are going to come around and have a nice little catch-up the first one's the surgeon lady who picked me up after my operation and she's just so lovely and we're going to hang out and then I've got another friend who's going to stay with the kids when I go for my first physio which is so helpful and so lovely. And she came around last time. She said, Erica, have you, like I want you to write a list for me of things you want done. And like the intention behind that is so pure and so, so beautiful. 
because I have struggled to ask for help in the past a lot and I have developed that skill to like accept help and it's just that they might not fully understand the struggle that I'm going through right now with uh, this knee that's been operated on just over two weeks ago uh, and I'm not allowed to put weight on it I'm, I'm guessing I'm gonna have to wait until the first consultant appointment which is over five weeks after the operation so instead of four I think I'm gonna have to go for five and a half weeks before I can even have a discussion about putting weight on my leg and fuck my life for someone to be so kind to just say is there anything I can do for you physically it's so beautiful it's I've I've just the house is a mess because I'm not really able to tidy up and it's not my priority when it's like I'm I'm just struggling to stay up because my knee starts feeling really weird and I need to let it rest. And then I just live in the middle of loads of fucking stuff around me and it makes me feel a bit agitated. But you know what? I just need to fucking be, breathe through it and accept the situation. I don't have the strength and the energy and whatever to do all of everything right now. And so I will now just look forward to the rest of the day and accepting some more help. And I'm going to stop here so this doesn't go too long. Um, but fuck, this is this is going to be a long episode. Um, so if you've listened this far, thank you for sticking with me. It's been lovely to catch up. And, uh, well, yeah, life, life. If you can, if there's one thing you can do to help someone out, please try and go out of your way to, to ask if there's anything you can do to help. It, it can really mean a ton. It can mean so much for somebody just to have anyone there. And this is the thing I've found. Sometimes it's just kind people. It's not my closest friends or whatever. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to use this as a learning curve to really see. You know, like, I'm pretty terrible for offering my help probably most of the time. And I wish people asked me more of my help. I'd love to help. But, um... It's it's just nice to see that some people who aren't even that close to me are offering their help. Like, fucking hell. That is so kind. That is so kind and so lovely. And I'm eternally grateful. All right, now I'm going to go and cry into my uh, morning cup of tea. And uh, I shall catch you next time. Make sure that if you're not already subscribed or following, then please do so. And if, yeah, I would love it if you shared an episode with anyone, like just a friend episode of these things that would that'd be really cool because i feel like i hope we can just spread fucking goodness uh whether it's through misery or whatever um <laughs> right okay time for my morning cup of tea i'll catch you next time bye bye for now <laughs>